Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Mill. It's your boy Trail, your local baby daddy. And this, this is, is Ego Aside. Today is a very special episode. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. First official guest. First official guest. A very special, very, very special guest. You know, we appreciate this guest very much. Yes, indeed. Go ahead and introduce always, yourself. Always offering uh, and spreading love and useful knowledge. Uh, we're going to shoot it over to the good sister, my big sister, Sister Janiah. Go ahead. Tell them who you are. Hey guys, it's Naya. I'm from DC, born and raised, and that's all I got for y'all until we get more tuned to the show. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Let's get right into the People's Choice. The People's Choice. Somebody asked about, and we can all speak on this because we're all in the military. Speaking about our transition from civilian life to the military, how it, why you joined, and how it affected your life. You know, because people, people that are civilians don't really understand why would you join the military. Would you do it for? How would it affect you? You know, right? Yeah. You being our special guest today, not they not just uh, let us know. I'll definitely start. Um, growing up in D.C. in the urban community, it was a lot. It took a toll on all of us. So, I think I so much as jumped at the opportunity because I was going to a military academy from seventh to twelfth grade, and also um, I was ready to get away from my family. If we can just keep it up. A bean. Keep, it, keep it real keep yeah. it real I was now. tired of them I was ready to get away I was ready to get on my own my dad wouldn't let me work because he was too focused on my academics so at the chance of you know living that life or jumping into adulthood I jumped out of it as quick as I can and I got out of the house and I moved on quickly how do you feel like uh, since you made that decision to join, how it affected you, how you changed Um, It definitely made me grow up a lot quicker. It made me mature a lot quicker than I, you know, imagined. But I don't regret it at all. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Let me send you, Trout, the local baby father. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> well, why you doing, speaks for itself. Okay. Oh. So, um... <laughs> Um, I had my daughter um, young, man. Um, right after graduating high school, um, my daughter was born um, that September in 2014. Um, I spent like civilian life like a year after I graduated. Um, and I originally was going to the Navy, actually. Ooh. Yeah, so <laughs> I was originally going <laughs> to the Navy. How did you do that? They was they was procrastinating, <laughs> man. They was just taking two time. I think because at that time, like my daughter's mom, her father was in the Navy mm -hmm. at the time, so he was the one talking to me about military. You know, being a dad, like, yeah. oh, what you gonna do? You know, for the child <clears throat> and everything like that. Military is a secure career and everything. Yeah, of course. So the Navy was originally who I talked to, but they was taking too long. So I went to the Army right next door, and they got me out like in thirty days. <laughs> like no, no exaggeration. Do it. No, do and it, it would have been quicker, like if it wasn't for me having to go see a dermatologist or whatever because mm -hmm. I have eczema. But it was quick, man. My family is really like anti-military. Really? Like when I told them I was joining, like they was not for it at all. They they had like the old school mindset that the military was not for black people. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially my grandma, she she was not she was not feeling it. Yeah. They was not feeling it at all. You know, they all expected me to go to school because I was pretty good in school. So they all expected me once I graduated that I was going to be going to school. I got accepted in college, but realistically, that's not where I wanted to be because I had a child to look after. Right. You know, okay. and at that point, it's like being in debt and having to barely survive and do these 
different things. I seen what the college life could do, and I didn't want to put my daughter through that. And at, now that I think about it, I don't even think I really wanted to go to college because I'm not in school now. Right. Like college doesn't really guarantee anything. guarantee anything. Mm. If I would, I do want to go to school now, but I would have made a mistake of going to a PWI when really I would have preferred a HBCU. So mm-hmm. now, once I get out the military and everything, I definitely plan on applying to a HBCU. Mm-hmm. You know, going to school in that sense, and that's like I feel is a different environment for me, and it's for me. But at that time, I felt like I would have been making a mistake going to college anyway. Like, I've always been good in school. That ha- that wasn't the problem. But at that time, that was not the best decision with being a young father and trying to take care of my daughter. For sure. So, next question. How do you feel like that evolved you as a human being, as a man, for real? Yeah, experience in the military. It definitely played a big part. Right. <laughs> I don't think I would be where I am now if it wasn't for the military. Or it would have been a, a slower process. Mm. You know, it would have took more time to get to the point to where I'm at now. And I'm not perfect or anything like that, but it definitely molded me and taught me things. I was blessed to get a lot of great mentors and a lot of great leadership to teach me and to show me the way and how to move and how to maneuver without compromising who I am internally. So that was a good thing. So that's what about you, man? That's a big part, not compromising. No, no, no. You, you ain't finna keep asking questions. <laughs> Why did you join the military? Bro, I was I was wildin' for real. And I really felt like I ain't have nowhere. Like I didn't do good in school. I was smart, but mm-hmm. I didn't do good in school at all. So I felt like I had nowhere to go. I was just doing dumb stuff. I kept getting booked. My, like you said you was doing the Navy. I wanted to go to the Air Force. Cause yeah. my aunt's little sister, big sister, little sister program, her little sister's in the Air Force and doing good. And she was like, don't join the Army mill, don't join the Army. But the Air Force wouldn't take me with all my That's what everybody Everybody told me, me the do same not thing, join too. Don't. Army. My sister, E7 right now, National Guard in D.C., don't do it. It's so crazy. And I, I was have, like, I'm new, I want to do that. That's what you... Oh, shit. Oh. Damn, they can't stay shooting. It's an earthquake. It's an earthquake. <laughs> they shooting over there. <laughs> in North Carolina, we have an earthquake. But Coming yeah, to you live. Nonetheless, they didn't let me join. So I knew my recruiter that put me in for a long time. He just never gave up on me. Like he never gave up on me. Once it was a situation that happened with me and uh, one of my best friends, child Don, Free Don. You dig Free Don. You dig what I'm saying? It, and it was that that situation and a lot of stuff I seen happen. I was like, I just gotta leave. I need a new environment because yeah. in this environment, I feel like I'm destined to go down the path of destruction instead of righteousness for real. So I needed a refresher. And uh, how it affected me? I feel like I, I feel like I changed all the way. People, I be going back home and be like, "Oh, Mill, you different." I'm like, "I'm the same dude." Yeah. So people that really know me, know me, know me, they be like, "Bro, you the same. Ain't nothing changed." Yeah, that's never going to change. Just but you how do, to maneuver better. Yeah, you just move different now. Yeah, and is and that's how I want to do it. I want to take what I know from the military and apply it back to my community to be able to learn like the militants, like in the organization of it to give it back to people that's still in the streets so they can move better and move effectively and transition themselves into a, a better lifestyle too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's crazy because my daughter, I was on FaceTime with her and she was like, I want to join the army. I said, no, you oh, don't. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, you do not. No, like, ma'am. You know, and, and that's what's so crazy because it really put a lot of things into perspective as far as me making the decision to get ready to get out and everything. Because it does make me see that my daughter does pay attention to what I she do. She looks up to you. You get what I'm saying? So it's like I don't want her to think <laughs> that. <laughs> Keep going, bro. I got you. I don't want her to think that the Army is the best way for her to achieve what she needs to achieve. Yeah. I did it so she 
doesn't yeah, have to. Do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And neither does my son. You know what I mean? So I don't want them to think that this is the route they have to take in order to achieve. So with, with, with that being said, right? Like, and I'm going to take it to you since you're my <laughs> guest now. Everything goes straight to you first. Sheesh. As far as being a minority, we can't speak for all minorities, okay, right? For but sure. We can definitely give an outlook, and especially with you being a black woman in the military. Oh, yeah. How, even though y'all just got a big, big win, y'all just got uh, a, a big win. A win. You know? Win. But how difficult was it maneuvering, you know, through the ranks, through the military? Hey, hold on. Speaking woman. of rank, let's shout out to Naya for graduating ALC. Yes, oh, hey. sir. People don't know what that means, but y'all yeah. might not know it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay. ALC is the next step. Okay. Um, being black in the military is one thing, and then being a black woman in the military is a different. So it's like we always have to fight to show our superiority or to show uh, how equal we are mm. and to show how we're willing to stand up. But... um. You know, you see the face, you see the rank, you see the color. You know, it's automatically a, mm, we're not going to take you serious. Right. So it's like we have to step up to the pole 10 times as more as anybody else would. And, and you know, it's a kind, it's kind of draining and it's kind of annoying. But we're so used to doing that as black women. Right. And then black women in the military. So we're all, I feel like we're always up for the challenge. And, um... I went through a little bit. I've went through a little pe uh, people, you know, doubting who I was just based off, you know, my background. But, you know, you got to prove them wrong. Right. You know, you, we know what we're stepping against when it comes to being black in the military. So I feel like we go into it with that mindset. Like, I got to prove people wrong. I have to, have to do this. I have to do that. And we're used to it. No, it's not fair. But just the cards we were dealt. And I feel like as black women, as black people, we're always up for the task. Always you know? up for the task. So so I know a lot of times like black females always say that black leadership is always harder on black females. Mm. So is is that a real thing? And do you think that it's because they want to see you succeed? Or mm. do you think that it's more hateful? Because me being a black man, I think a lot of the times the black male leadership is mm. like I don't want you to surpass me. It's very few times that you mm. see black leadership like coming to you on the way of trying to give you knowledge and help you grow. Okay. Rather than, and that, and I feel like that's on the black man side. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I done met a lot of great black leadership that will give me the game, tell me how to move without compromising myself, like okay. I said earlier. Got it. But I feel like women. Feel like black women be coming down on them. Um, Charles, cool. I think that it just depends on the person, right? Because we have a lot of old leaders that the they don't want to get out. Mm -hmm. They're holding on by thread, and then it's just like us newly promoted E fives and E sixes. It's just like step out the way. We're coming through. Like make right. way for me. Like old generation out, new generation in, and I think a lot of them cannot let go of the. Perceptive of the old army right. or hmm. what we used to be or we used to wear BDUs and we used right. to do this but it's a whole new army 
So it's just like step aside and let us just let us take over. And Be- we come in hard. We got too. you. And yeah, it's not like we're, yeah. we're not BSing. Yeah, like, we come in soldiers ready, NCOs ready, officers and senior NCOs by our side. And it's just like who can stop us? But I feel like it's those people yeah. who make it hard for us. And I don't think that. Um, like, I don't think that they doubt us, but I think that they're so stuck on old army this, old army that. It's 2021. Yeah. I think yeah. it's like, really because Just they let it go. go yeah, what they had to go through. Yeah. yeah. What they had to go through, they, they had not really to. Way hard. Yeah. yeah. And they, 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 they get upset that we don't have to go through right. that. I got one more question, though, Naya. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you in that role of that black female leader, and it, you got E1s coming in. You about to be an E16. Yeah. You know, you moving up the ranks. My, I don't know if y'all know whoever watching, but we all high speed as oh, fuck. For sure. For sure. We all high speed. We all <laughs> secondary zone moving up the rank fast tracking. But what would you primary. say? Primary. Yeah, I just oh. hit primary. Uh, um, primary. I just hit primary. Um, November me. of last year. Thank you. But what would you, so like now that you in that black female uh, leadership in the, in the military and you got a lot of young women that's going to come under you, black women, women in general, either or, what, what advice would you offer to that young my advice in DC that's trying to join too my advice from women from my hometown and women all across the globe in my position or my future position don't give up don't let anybody discourage you don't let anybody's mishaps or don't let anybody projecting you know discourage you don't let them feel like don't let them make you feel like you can't because in all actuality, in all reality, you can. Mm, I like that. Take that, take that hurt, take that trauma, take that, take those past experiences and let them fuel you. Right. Let them fuel you to be the best version of yourself. And that's all I got, Mill. All right. With that, I want to bring up this uh, this book because it reminded me of what the topic we were going to speak on today. Okay. Spook Who Sat By The Door. This is a good book right here. Matter of fact, Nipsey Hussle said this was going to be the name of his last album. And he was actually murdered two years ago today. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. On the anniversary, right, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Big but, nip. But Spook Who Sat By The Door is about this dude named Dan Freeman. And he joined the CIA. He from, he from the trenches in Chicago. Mm. And he's like... He's really smart, but he plays the fool. Just like, in, we watch Naruto, right? Yeah, Like, you sure. know how Jiraiya plays the fool? <laughs> yeah. Whole time, he's the smartest one. He know everything that's going. But since yeah. people think he's a fool, he's really out, out He's really out thinking them, outsmarting them, right. and getting intel from them. So that's the type of role he played. But his goal was to take, the, take his role in the CIA and be able to use that to build up, take gangs and turn them into freedom fighters in Chicago, in the trenches, and uplift the trenches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of when you join an industry or something that's bigger than you that you don't change your moral integrity mm. towards the thoughts and beliefs of that system mm. and you stay true to yourself. Um, and we see a lot of people lose what's true to them in the military. Right. You know what I mean? Has it ever been a time for either one of y'all, whichever one of y'all want to jump on first, where you felt like you were losing a bit of yourself being a part of it? I can't say that I have, honestly. And that's, that's just me being completely honest. Have you seen other brothers lose they self? Yes. Right. Most definitely. I mean, it's competitive. Yeah. You know sure. what I'm saying? And, and sure. it, a lot of times it feels like with being a black man, it's only a certain number that they will accept. Mm. You get it? So, 
when we going through the things that we're going through, we trying to progress, we trying, we trying to move forward, we trying to get promoted. It seems like if it's too many black people in general, then he could stop me from getting my promotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So it, but it's not a healthy competitiveness. It's not mm-hmm. healthy at all. You know, it's not. Oh, what you done did this time to move forward. You know, it's more so of I'm not gonna tell you what I did to get more points because, because for real though, know, it, back it, it's, it's gonna, for real. oh for sure that could, that could put for you sure. ahead of me. You get like with me, I love getting free <clears throat> game. Like I'm gonna get free game regardless of anything. You know, not to brag, but I got promoted pretty fast. You gave me free. <laughs> you game. did. You know, you did. Like I <laughs> fast. I I got promoted in like you did two too, years man. and six months. Because of people like him, like so for when I met you, Wig, yeah. I was well, I still E three PFC. Mm-hmm. I was PFC, was PFC, and we was in the book club. It's like, oh, you gotta go to the P board. You gotta do this. You gotta do this. You gotta do this stuff that my own NCOs and stuff not like telling me and stuff. But he, you offered me the game and give me guidance along with you and other people that I know from the book club and just knowing from the career rather than work. Right. And y'all helped me progress and move on. But I wasn't getting that from people that was in my actual union leadership. For and sure. Like and I feel like that harps on you know what I said previously as far as they don't want to make way for. The new generation, right? So That's to get it. to get you to understand, like to get y'all to understand. So in the military, you got different MOSs, different MOSs. It takes a different amount of points to get promoted. The MOS if, is a job. If you have a <laughs> if you have a certain E five that's in a position. That's a sergeant. So if you have a certain E5 that's in the position, points being high for the longest. Mm-hmm. So they don't want it to where this E four gets promoted. You know, on easy points or whatever the case may be, right. you know. So it's like a point scale. Points. They don't. Yeah. They don't want to put you in a in a position to where you could be competing with them because mm-hmm. they've been waiting forever to get to the next rank of E six. That's their fault, though. That's their fault. That's mm-hmm. their fault. And, and, and they, they project a lot on the youth. you. And they project it on sure. their soldiers instead of building their soldiers. To me, like I want all my soldiers to be the same rank as me because that mean I did what I was supposed to. Right. You know, you can't help the point system. I have a big saying that I tell to all my soldiers I ever came in contact with. You know, what you can control, control what you can't. You change your attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Everything that you can control and and getting points and making points and standing out, you do that. And once you know that you have done everything in your control, I, in my personal opinion, everything else will just come naturally. It'll fall in line. It'll just fall in line because I did what I was supposed to do. Because you don't, you don't want to be in a position, especially in the military, you don't want to be in a position to where you didn't do everything that you could have. Mm-hmm. And then now the opportunity has presented itself to where you could have got promoted. Mm-hmm. But you're not because right. I didn't make the extra steps. And you didn't. To do what, right. I, what I could have done. Got you. So that's a big thing to... Pay attention, and that's at anything in any job. Right, you know, apply if to you it apply to apply what you can in order to be effective for when the when the opportunity presents itself, you're able to take advantage of it. Yeah. Instead of like, damn, if I would have did this, right, would have, could have, should have, but I didn't. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. I got a backup question to you, right? Okay. So you know we can't stay in the military forever, <laughs> even though some people try. I know people thirty years, mm-hmm. thirty years in. But you can't stay in the military forever. And another, another. So this was during the time of like integration and all that stuff was going on and like moving on past integration. 
and they put the they set the story in that timeline, like late sixties, early seventies, and stuff like that. But the question that I had was, when you leave the military, would you move back to your hometown, or would you just try to search for a new life elsewhere? I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with you. Would I move back to my hometown? Absolutely not. Okay. The cost of living is extremely too high. I'm from Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. I was about to say, what, the, what did you say the first time? Yeah, I, I, I stumbled a little bit. But the cost of living is extremely high there. But if I had the resources and the money to start, you know, youth programs and, you know, just so people and younger generations wouldn't have to endure what I've endured, I would definitely put my money there. Right. right. I would put my money there because there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of knowledge there, but they don't have people fighting for them. They don't have people in their corner. So I feel like, if, like I said, if I had the bread, I would definitely do that. But as far as me moving there, no. Businesses, yes. Okay, that's smooth. Cause yeah, not everybody needs to be on the front lines. You know, we need finances to the movement and stuff like that. Right. Of course, to try to for sure. So P cola, P cola, P cola. You going back <laughs> when you when you dip or what's going on? But you move mm-hmm. back. I'm gonna tell you something about Pensacola. <laughs> Pensacola is a very talented city. Very like artists, athletes, you name it. Artists, whatever the case may be. But because Pensacola is so small and it's one of those cities to where you have to grow outside of it mm. and then come back. And once I say when I say grow outside of it, I mean, in the sense of you have to build yourself, build your name up to a point to where when you come back, now they listening to what you got to say. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So you have to be in a position to where you can really put people in a good position. You can really open up those communities, start those programs that's going to build your community to the point to where the young kids don't have to go through what you had to go through. They can grow within their city and still be great because it's just like playing sports, right? Nobody is listening to the person on the bench trying to get a motivational speech on how we can win this game. If you're not playing the game, you can't, motivate us on how we can win it. They're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. So with Pensacola, it's kind of the same way. You have to step outside or, you know, be popping in the city (laughs) in order for people to support. Now, don't get me wrong. It has gotten a lot better with the newer generation coming through. I have seen the most support I have ever seen within the city. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of people within my city is doing a lot of great things. Too many to name, to be honest. Right. You know, but for the things that I want to do, the way the changes that I want to make throughout the community, I'm going to have to build my name Elsewhere. on the outs on right. the outskirts. Mm-hmm. I did what you said. I did you get what I'm saying? Sense. And then come back. Show love. Show love. Right. As much as I can. And and that's never been out of the question. Right. You get what I'm saying? It's always been the plan to build myself as much as I can to be able to come back to where I can go to the high schools and give motivational speeches and talk about what I went through and how I accomplished this and how I accomplished that. 
You know, that's 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 something that I definitely plan on doing, and I don't think it's going to take long. I think I'm going to be doing that before I turn thirty. You get what right. I'm saying? But I have to do what I need to outside of the city, and then come back in and show, hey, this is how we get it done. And you know, team up with anybody that's ready to team up. You know, it's no, it's not. I don't want it to just be a, a me thing. Mm-hmm. I want it to be. It's a lot of us from our city trying to make our city better. You get, but I don't see myself moving back to Pensacola. Right, fresh out. So <laughs> not, not not fresh out. I, I don't see myself moving back there. For one, it's not not yet. It's not a lot of opportunities there. I'm moving back. I was just about to ask yeah. you, what about you in Baltimore? Man? But you from you from a big city though. It's not a big city. We only have like less. Well, it's we not we smaller. Big. We getting smaller and smaller. We like working almost under six hundred thousand citizens for real. Really, and it's real population dense. That, That's why but it's I real like a big popular. City. Yeah, like we, Baltimore is popular. We different. We yeah. are, we're a very exceptional city. You dig what I'm saying? The greatest city in America. That's our that's our slogan. Charm City. You dig what I'm saying? Baltimore. Yeah. Sure. You know, everywhere we go, we get a certain. But I ain't gonna get to that. Too yeah, into that. You know. Speaking of Baltimore, shout out to small black business inside of Baltimore. Shout out to Love Baltimore. Baltimore. They got the best crab cakes I ever tasted. I ain't been there yet, but it ain't far. You gotta so go, man. No going. Best go. crab cakes. Ever. But back to it. I'm going yeah. back to Baltimore because <laughs> like like you said, like you gotta have a certain voice, certain like I wouldn't say in my whole city like I'm 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 that. But in my in my neighborhood I have a presence, you know what I mean? I try to work small in my neighborhood, talk to the young brothers that's coming up, I try to speak some light into them and be like, Bro, I've been there. Mm-hmm. But they didn't but while when I was doing that, whatever they was doing, they probably was in middle school or something like that. So they didn't see but they look at me as somebody that's just coming back around and probably went to school, did good, joined the army as a good guy. But right. they don't know the real the middle. Real tea. But I come back and try to show love. And like when I when I get out, I'm trying to go right back there. I might not live in that same area. I'm not moving back to the same hood. That's that's crazy. You know what I mean? But I want to build from within. Well, like same on the outskirts. Yeah, on the out, not on the outskirts of the city, but just in a different in a different neighborhood. But be able to come close enough to speak to the brothers because like. A lot of people, people like, oh, yeah, they banging and they shooting or they doing this and that. A lot of people want better for themselves. Like, a lot of young brothers I talk to, they want better for themselves. I was talking to a young brother the other day. He's like, bro, man, like, I know I'm doing wrong, but my girl just t- texted me and told me she pregnant. She took three pregnancy tests. I'm trying to be better for my this, this child I got in the way. Right. They want better, but they need somebody to look up to. And I want to move back because I'm young and they still can relate to me. So... If everybody that make it out the city and do good for themselves move out and try to be second class citizens in a in a middle class community where they struggle to pay bills and trying to do move here and do that, who going to be left over in Who's the hood to talk there? to yeah. the children, the mm-hmm. kids, the people that's coming up? And that's where I want to be at because I can talk to them, I can relate to them because all my OGs now they didn't transitioned over to legal stuff. Like shout out to G and Love, y'all know who y'all is. Like they <clears throat> like corporate dudes. But I know I know what they was into, but they still came back around and showed me, Don, Tay Man, all us love, free Tay Man too. But they showed all us love and gave us free game to show us it's a different way of thinking, it's a different way to move. So well, hell yeah, I'm moving right back. As soon as I get out, I'm moving right back. And that's when that's when I can really put forth what I wanna do inside my city, especially in my neighborhood. Mm. So do you feel like you have to move back to do those things? Me me personally the way I move, yeah, because I don't like I don't like social media like, hey, like I don't like I can't talk right to a camera. I don't be looking at the camera on here too much. Do I toy that I be looking at the camera like that? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but I don't be looking. It's just weird, but I wanna be hand, I wanna be boots on the ground, hands, hands on. on with the people so they can really feel me. You know, 
if I put something on IG, they might like it. They might understand it. Like, I got a lot of brothers that I be talking, young brothers I be talking to through IG. Like, my cousin, my slash godmother, she a probation officer. She be sending a lot, me a lot of her uh, her kids that she be talking mm-hmm. to. I be chopping up with them, showing, you could do this, bro. You could do this. You don't got to join the Army. That's what I did. That was my way to get out. But you don't got to do that. I could put you on with something. I know somebody that got a job somewhere for you. Or you, mm-hmm. can, you can get, this is how you get your record clean. This is how the program's for you. But do you think that's the most effective way, though? Because, and the reason why I say that is you know like especially like in big cities like that right even though you say it's small Baltimore is considered a big city mm-hmm. there's a lot of haters you get what I'm saying so Fuck they them. see you yeah you can say that but the the realism of it is they there but, so do you know you, they there yeah you know I know, I'm, saying? I know so they coming, I'm, I'm saying though like you still having to even with you doing the right thing you still gotta watch how you move right, yeah. right. you get what I'm saying so do you really think that moving back is the most effective way because even with you know what I'm saying what we're talking about uh, that's why a lot of people do it from a distance mm-hmm. you get what yeah. I'm saying they they do pop-ups they come there you know what I'm saying <clears throat> and it still can be effective but they have to keep their distance from the city they city whatever because everybody and it's mostly old heads or somebody move that you affecting that's hating on it Facts. And a lot at of that time, and, and you know, the podcast is called Ego Aside. You can you can say how you moving or who you is or whatever the case may be. They don't care. They don't. So do you really feel like that's the most effective way to move there immediately? Yeah. Immediately I, after. I feel like it might not be, and that that might be my that might be my ego or like something like I remember I was talking to somebody and they were like that's gonna be a downfall. You know what I'm saying? That's gonna be a downfall. Your attachment to your city for real. I looked at it the opposite. I feel like my attachment to my city, my battery on my back, is what keep me going, what keep me pushing. But in that situation, like Gil Scott Heron got the poem. It's like home is where the hurt is. Home is where the hate is. So for sure. I feel like. As, there's no special case for nobody. I'm not, I can't right. be like, oh, I'm different. I'm built different. Yeah. Because it is hate. I do. I know it's a couple people that's from Baltimore that still don't like me. That still be hating on me. So this is bitch so, ass. Oh, so to change the question up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's cut that off. Big drag. And that, that's what I'm talking about. But would you? Would you know? It's time for me to leave. Yeah. 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 I I will. No, you, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because you know, I spent all my leave back home, bro. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm. But what I what I'm just saying is like you have to know, you have to be aware and know. Okay, it's time for me to go. Right. And, I don't, but I'm still, not there yet, still be effective. But it's time for me to go. Right. In order for me to to be able to continue to do what I want to accomplish here in this city, in my city, where I'm from. Right. So, you know, you can walk about it, talk about it, <laughs> but sometimes. And I, I I hate that we named this because it comes up a lot. But ego aside, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You gotta chill but out. You gotta you gotta let that go and realize what the big picture is. The big picture is about making a change for generations to come. Right. Not just symbolic nothingness. Yeah, you know, I don't fuck with that shit. Exactly. Not nothingness. Yeah, symbolic nothing nothingness. Nothingness. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's about creating a long-term change to where my name is not just ringing for a moment because we live in a generation of short attention spans. Right. You know, one minute you pop in, the next minute you not. we don't care what you're doing. Like King Vaughn, bro, he ain't been dead a whole year, bro. They forgot all about him. And yeah, but... Nah. 
don't think they forgot about him. They forgot about him. They ain't forgot about him. At least not on he, Twitter. He ain't buzzing. Like, he dragged, he on Twitter right now because the dude that, that you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Yo, just relieved. came home talking about, you can, nigga, kill ain't dead. No one no R.P., sir. He dragging. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? But I don't know. Yeah, that's something I got to realize. Bro. I do have a strong attachment to my city. And people might say that I might get me. Like, my first time back home, like, back home, back home with HBO and AIT. Me, Don, say, man, we almost got into it and almost got hit for real. And I was like, oh, shit, I might. Oh, uh, we're going to cut shit. that. <laughs> Not hit. I mean, that's real. It's okay, just leave. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, let's go on the segment. Let's go on the segment. Let's go on the segment. We're not talking about that. Okay, what's next, Jamal? All right. So, you know, I be saying what's on my mind, saying how I feel. I don't okay. really hold my tongue too much, not too mm-hmm. many times. You know, both of you can relate to that. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Toya, go ahead and hit him with it, please. I don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. So, today, <laughs> what I want to talk about, what I want you guys' input on. Okay. Let me look at the camera, because Mel say, I don't need to look at him when I'm talking. Yeah, don't look at him. <laughs> don't look at him. Okay. <laughs> So this is my thing, right? If you're in a relationship, oh. and and it, so so what Let made me grab my what, what made this come to my mind, right? I seen like oh, all this all the things that's been going on for like the past two weeks with celebrity relationships, and that got nothing oh, okay. to do with it, right? <laughs> but in the same token, a lot of times why the relationship is not working, why y'all can't move forward, is because you're listening to respond instead of listening to hear what the fuck they are saying. I love that. You get what I'm saying? And I can say that from experience. Like, a lot of times, the reason why you can't move forward, why the relationship ends up ending, why the female may end up cheating or the male may end up cheating, whatever the case may be, is because you get into a situation of when they try to explain to you how they felt, you was listening to respond, but you was not listening to hear what the hell they were saying and what they really had a problem with. <laughs> oh, so, let me tap into this. <laughs> so how y'all let me tap into it real quick, real quick, bro. I feel you, bro. Cause you know what that is, bro. Versus ego, cause your ego fighting like, no, I don't be doing that. I'm not even really listening to what they saying. Oh, uh, you know, cause I be doing. I'm like, yo, she don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> you know, she don't know what she's talking about. But you really gotta listen, like you said, you gotta hear it out right. because. If nobody's listening to each other and y'all just spewing the same point back and forth, same point, you saying the same stuff. It's just like a Venn diagram with nothing in the fucking middle. Right. No, no, no common agreement. You're never gonna end. Yeah. Never, it's never gonna come to a good end, or it's gonna be just over. It's gonna be split. Like if you going back and forth, you're not trying to listen to what the other person is saying. Then it's no point of going back and forth. That's why I don't like to argue because I'm like, let's not have an argument because you're not listening to what I'm saying. Because now we're all emotional, then we get angry. Then we say some shit we don't mean. <laughs> then after that, we don't talk for probably like how many months? Right. And then you text me on some toxic shit on Instagram talking about you want to be mentioned in every episode. Right. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not I'm dragging, that. dummy. Yeah, yeah, you big dragon. Let's cut that out. But <laughs> not that's real shit, though. Can I be excused? Go ahead, Naya. What you got on that? What you, what you got on that? Um, I feel like that's literally a point of effective communication. Right. Because you're not listening to respond. You're listening to understand. And I think a lot of us get into our own heads and we get into our feelings, as we will call it. And then we just start talking. Right. We don't even hear the other person out. 
we don't understand and I think a lot of us don't understand that there's a difference in perspective Mm. Everybody does not it. respond the same. Everybody does not accept things the same. You know, it may be different. You may perceive something this way, and I may perceive it another way. And maybe we can teach each other something, but instead, it's just like you said a battle of ego, a battle of conscience, a battle of whatever is in the mix. I'm right, you right. And then, yeah, of course. Yeah. And then we're, we're going back and forth, but then we're missing the whole entire concept. We're missing the point of you understanding me and me understanding you and us coming to a mutual consensus. We miss the whole perspective and then everything just goes out of the window. Now, silence. Since you, I'm silence. Sorry. Since you I'm sorry. That, <laughs> since you mentioned that, like the concept, right? I feel like Another uh, another big problem that stands out is not understanding the principle of why something has been brought up. Because a lot of times it's not even that it's a big deal. Wait, 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 hold up. Hold one up. question, one right question, right one question. You you that. Because I was like, right. Ooh, almost passed out. <laughs> okay, so can we take into consideration that everybody's principality may not be the same. Okay. Different right. opinion. Okay. And that, and our, and my thing is, are we open mm. to understanding that you were not raised the same? You did not come from the same background. So maybe, you know, we don't understand things the same, but maybe if you let me in a little something, something, I may be right along the lines with you, you know? Right. Stop. Go. Look out for that. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm saying. Even with understanding that we don't come from the same place, we may not be raised the same way. You get what I'm saying? Different cultural difference. Even though with us both being black or whatever the case may be, it's still a common ground. It's still a common ground. Okay. Understand that I'm bringing this up because it meant something to me, not because you wasn't raised the same way. Stop. Common ground. What you got? Go. No, you um, finna get in on this too. Oh, <laughs> um, no. but I think okay. <laughs> if we if we go if we go and toe tag with Mill, I'm good. But my thing is that you you have to address. Mm. Those things because we are all not the same. Right. Where are you from? I'm from Florida. And where am I from? DC. Where are you from? The greatest city in America. We're all ah, different. Here we, go. <laughs> we all have different cultural backgrounds. We all have different perspectives of principality. What's your you should know this, X, Y, and Z. May may not be my same. It may not be Mill same. Right? So those though thing. those concepts may not be the same. So you can't get upset if someone does not move the way you move or they don't ex understand the same thing you understand because like I said their principality may be solely different this, but yeah it, I, I feel like sometimes you can't reach a common ground cause I got when it comes to simple when it comes to baseline yes of course I got a close friend and me and her argue every time about absolutely nothing right <laughs> nothingness symbolic nothing burger big ass nothing, nothing burger, burger. <laughs> but I just feel like Bro, like, I just said, what's up? It's like, but the way you said it, you said it like this. And then we end up arguing about dumb stuff. We could argue about turtles, bro. And it's just like, <laughs> there's no common ground where we can just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's take that. Like the Venn diagram thing. Right. Differences, differences, alikes, and just find a common ground. Yeah. But we can't do that, bro. Some people just, I, I think it's, I got, I got a big ego, bro. Especially when I get into hmm. the, you know, me and you be getting into it, bro. Yeah. Like when we be, like last night, ah! But it's just like, we, I think me and, me and, like, I don't know, I think I met my match when it comes to like getting into an argument mm -hmm. when it comes to her because we be getting to about everything. Yeah. You know who you is, yo. You know what I mean? 
It's yeah. just like you. Sometimes you're never gonna find that common ground with somebody. You just be like. But see, that's the thing, though. I think, in my opinion, regardless of if we come from different places, right? I'm bringing it up. Right. You don't have to be raised the way that I'm raised. You don't have to be where I'm from. I'm bringing it up. So I'm I'm bringing acknowledgement to you that I have a problem with it. You get what I'm saying? Right. So if I'm bringing to you that I have a problem with it, then at some point you have to understand that it means something to but, me. But, but so can you there be a, a mutual understanding? Huh? Like can the, you say you you're saying from your perspective you the other party has to understand is there going to be no understand that it means something to, to you me, so the is there going to be a, a certain point where you have to understand them and then there's a mutual consensus or is it just like you got to understand me boom 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 no I mean like I'm bringing this up to you so you can understand that this is something that bothers me but are you, know you at, at any point are you going to understand that oh that didn't occur to me let me address it you know. You see me? That I didn't. That it didn't occur to me. Okay. (laughs) What's going on, y'all? So you're saying that there has to be a point where you bring something else to the other party, and they're like, "Okay, this is something that means something to me. You have to understand it." But is there also going to be a point where you you're like, "Okay, I understand that you." It never occurred to you. Right. Are we going to meet in the middle? Right. Okay. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. saying. (laughs) Like, you didn't understand that this meant something to me. Right. But. You know, to say that, oh, I didn't come from where you come from, or, you know, I said, I wasn't raised how you raised. Right. That's not the point. I brought it to you because it does mean something to me. Right. So, I, because I care about you and I want this to work, that's why I'm bringing it to you For to sure. let you know this is something For that sure. bothers me. You okay. get what I'm saying? I got you. Okay. So, so that was, in the middle. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Hey, it's your boy Trey, your local baby daddy. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Mil, yo. And if you didn't tune in this long, you might as well like, subscribe, comment, and follow us on Instagram at Ego Side Podcast. And we're back. So with um last segment, we want to give it to our guest, our very special guest, guest slash whole sister tonight. What did you want to bring up today on the show? Um, so my the thing I wanted to bring up was I tweeted a couple days ago and then my tweet basically said I think a lot of us hold on to and settle in our nasty and ways and bad habits because we don't have anyone call us and calling us out on them most of the time we want to be coddled and dislike opposition so to stroke our egos the people around us do just that wrong answer oh, facts how do we feel about that how I feel about it is I mean how do we I don't feel? I feel like I don't survive long around people that don't get in my ass. Like, for example, both of y'all get in my ass probably on the regular. Because I be wilding. And vice versa. Yeah, I be I be wilding sometimes. And I be needing that somebody... Like, it's, I take because it's constructive criticism. I don't take it to heart. I don't be like, oh, no, they on some shit. I might feel like that for probably like five seconds. And I sit back and understand why you're saying it and what it really comes from. And I'm, that might be what I needed to hear at that moment. Before sure. I went further down the path of whatever y'all getting in my ass for. Right. So I, I appreciate constructive criticism and for the most part. That ties into one of my questions. Um do you or do you not have yes men in your circle? Absolutely. And also, do you unintentionally have yes men in your circle because you don't wanna, you know, face the music. You don't want to you don't want anybody calling you out. You don't wanna, you know, face reality. 
Absolutely not. Like, for example, like, I could use y'all two. I mean, y'all two are like two of my closest friends. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But even if we talk about check, money, Tay Man, uh, or Dawn, like, consistently it's like getting in my ass and tell me when I'm wrong. You right. know what I mean? Telling me I'm wrong and how to do right. It's not just telling you, yo, you fucked up, you fucked up, you fucked up. It's like, you should do this. You know, that's the constructive part of criticism and how they deliver it. Because they're not saying it. Like with ill intentions or in like an evil way, they telling me For sure. you messing up, you doing this, bro. I know you're capable of this. You need to get right this way. Right. And yes, man, it's just going to be cool whatever you're doing. Whatever you're just do. riding the wave. Right. That's why I, don't, I, you know, I don't really, I don't really rock with too many people for real. Because too many people just want to ride your wave and just be cool, just be cool. And they not say they know you. Yeah. And once I peep it, I just be like, oh, I'm good on you. Yeah. I think in any form of form relationship, like any form of a relationship. Whether it's, you know, intimate, whether it's family, platonic. you know, platonic, whatever. You know, I think that if you if you don't get called out on your wrong or how you are affecting that person, mm-hmm. you you'll never that relationship is going to hit a, a wall. It's not gonna grow. It's so not gonna become better. My question to you both of you, and it can be to me, um, how do you take constructive criticism? Do you feel attacked? So I'm gonna tell you something. Originally, <laughs> I did not like corrective <laughs> criticism. I didn't think it existed at, mm. at a certain point in my life. I thought that it was just people trying to bash me. Like, I just thought that, that everybody was against you. Yeah, you was hating on you me. Was, you was, you, you mad. Get on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you mad. I did not take corrective criticism well. And. That's one thing that the military did mold into me. Like I love correcting criticism now, because mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's because I'm in a place in my life, or at that time when I learned about it, mm-hmm. I grew into a place to where I love to be able to grow. Okay. So when I receive corrective criticism, it became to it got to a point to where I needed it because that means oh I can get better. Right. You get, and that's how I started looking at. Because you got to think, I joined the military when I was 19 years old. Facts. And now I'm 25. That's that's a big change in being a man alone. That's a that's a lot of growth that you go through during you know these years. So originally, corrective criticism was not something that I took lightly. Like the fuck is you talking about? Like <laughs> what about you know. Um, do you take it? Do you take constructive criticism well? Now I think I take it very well. Cap. <laughs> Jamil, I'm about to say Jamil. We talk so much. You know, I'm not opposed to anything. I think there was a part of my life where I felt like um, I was super judgmental. I I felt like if I wasn't doing it, if I didn't approve, it wasn't right. But um, they say that it takes for you to go through things to mm-hmm. actually understand. And I think it took for me to go through some things that people around me were going through that I hadn't experienced yet. So I was super, super judgmental. And now I look back at it and I'm just like, wow, was I judging that situation? Here I am in it. And they say don't ever judge a situation until you're in it. And I've been in in those exact um, predicaments. So when it comes to judgment, I do have a question. No, finish. no, no, no. Are you no, let me no, finish? Not, finish. She gonna finish, finish and then you finish. gonna answer. When it comes, I gotta to, answer what? 
when it comes to um, keep going, keep, when it comes to judgment, I'm far from it. I'm always an opening, <laughs> listening ear, but I am not a yes man. I will. I'm not gonna sit a, a, beside you and let you self destruct. I'm not gonna act like I'm okay with something that that's not okay. No. I'm never gonna do that. If you're making the wrong decision, I'm not gonna be. Like, oh yeah, girl, you know that. Oh yeah, that's good. For, no, I'm not gonna do that. And it doesn't work out for you. And my thing is like. Who would that benefit? Definitely wouldn't benefit me, and I'm pretty sure it wouldn't benefit anybody in my circle. Right. So if you're wrong and you're dead wrong, I'm gonna let you know. Right. What was the question again? I don't can know, you Jamel. You tell correct. us. Oh, can I take it? I, I feel like I take it. Oh, for sure. I take it well sometimes. I got my times. I got my time. But I feel like some with some. So we we also have to forget how people deliver constructive criticism ah, and, and how they like perceive if they de- they deliver it. That's, that's very true. And that's, I understand a different weight. Like for example, somebody gets in my ass. Shout out the money. You get what I'm saying? My my dog money. He get in my ass. Get in my ass. And back in the G when we used to get into it, or not just me and him. But just all of us in general, we would step in the box. You know what I mean? Because we wouldn't take constructive criticism well. So it's all about how the delivery. So when people deliver it a certain way, I might feel like, yo, come on. Like, what's up? What you want to step in the box? You want to step in the box? See, seconds. We, we going to throw hands. But I feel like now, of course, times are different. You know, when people are like, I really say, I'm saying this because I care about you. Mm-hmm. I'm right. saying this because I care about you and I want you to do better. And I'm going to take it. But certain people, if, like, if you're going to wild me out, I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, come on, yo! Like, what's up, yo? Like, what, what? Like, we got what's up there? You think know what I'm saying? But so, my question from that is: Do y'all feel like y'all deliver constructive criticism well? Because it's two parts to it. It's the it's the delivering and the receiving and the constructive right. criticism. So, how do y'all deliver it? I'll go first on this one. I'm not always good at it. <laughs> what's your I'm, method? What's your method? Harsh? Is your method harsh? Or take it to give it to them easy? Uh, or? My method is very blunt. A lot of times You fucked up You need to do better (laughs) Not like like that But I think sometimes Sometimes It does come off Like I'm being Rude Mm. You get what I'm saying But I think that That's more so Of I blame the military For that too as well Cause you know When you're dealing with Soldiers and stuff Like you can't you can't. Side you can't note, cut, they say, you can't sugarcoat it. You, you gotta be cutthroat. Side note, they say you get some pretty harsh barracks inspections. I didn't live your barracks. No. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm not gonna throw the names out there, but they was like, man, so I didn't just, say that. That's what sure. I was on the barracks inspection, but keep going, keep going with you. I didn't say it. But I'm not a bullshitter. So, what a lot of people get mistaken with me, right? Because I am laid back and cool, a lot of people try to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You'd have seen it. You'd have seen mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, especially within the military, because I am laid back. I'm cool. I'm chill. But when you take me there, it's I up. can definitely go there. It's up. Like, don't try to play with me like I'm a fool. <laughs> so when when you think about it in that sense, sometimes I can come off a little harsh or a little rude. But it's all love. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still my mom. Like a dope, you know what I'm saying? Like I still fuck with you, you feel me? But sometimes, but I also have learned how to learn people. Mm. I've learned who I can do that with, and who kind of needs like the hand on the shoulder, right. soft spoken. You get what I'm saying? And that's just learning people, dealing with people from all different backgrounds, and understanding how they take things, paying attention to how they take things right. and receive things. So. It's just about learning who you're dealing with. So I, I think I have came a long way as far as that. But 
I can be very cruel and straightforward. What about you, Nah? Um, I agree with Tro. For the most part, you have to know your audience. Because me being, you know, a leader and then having people under me, everybody's not the same. Everybody does not receive everything the same. So I feel like you have to know who you're talking to. Mm. You have to know how they receive something. You have to know what they will and will not respond to. Right. Mm. So I feel like, you know, part of being a leader is knowing your audience. Right. You have to know your audience. You have to know who you're talking to. So I have one one person that may be receptive to, you know, super hard, super getting in your butt about whatever. And then I have some person that may be, you know, soft. Yeah. They're different. You gotta, so you I'm going to your audience. So I'm going to be super soft to this person and I'm going to be I'm going to be whatever they need me to be. Right. Because but everybody just does not exactly. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat what I'm saying, but I'm going to like I like I said I'm going to know my audience. That's and I'm going to cater to whatever they need me to because I think I feel like I will want the same in return. What about you, man? Me, my delivery, I just be I just be wild. I you know I'm I'm I <laughs> I feel like it depends what type of mood I am. Because you know, sometimes it'd be, ah! That's you know not what I mean? fair, though. But it it's depends. not about your mood. It's about, it's about how I feel like I need to deliver to them and how they need to take it. You dig what I'm saying? Right. So, so we all some, just say the same thing. No? Basically. No, yeah, we, just all we all say the same, same thing, shit. but we, it's, but it's real, though, because like, some people I could be cool with, bit by food, you need to do this. But when you don't take it serious as that, then I got to show you male meal. And not then I got to be like, ah, you fucked up. Do better, do better. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that all the time. Sometimes I'm like, bro, you know, just tap Crazy into this. Pants. Tap into this, you know. Like, right, I know, I know. <laughs> I've had a soldier before that was a little bit more sensitive to things I said. I can't yell at him like that because I don't want to push him over yeah. the edge. Over the edge. Right. So I'm just like, bro, you know, do this. You know what I mean? Like, we can send you there. We, we got you. We got you. Yeah. But that's not going to work for everybody. Some people need tough love and harsh love. You know what I mean? Right. But I, Ooh, I, I don't know. I remember, I remember when I was cutting up when I was younger, my uh, grandma now used to tell my mama, you need some tough love. That's what you need. Yeah. Give them some tough love. That tough love ain't no joke, man. But man. it is needed a lot of time. Shout out, shout out to Naya, yo. We, we gonna wrap it up, man. Shout out to Naya. She was a little bit nervous before she came on. You yes, know what I'm saying? Man. But she, she did a good man. job. She did a good <laughs> job. She did a thing. As usual, shout out to Fayetteville Podcast Studios and our engineer, Toya. Thank you, Toya. You got anything to say real quick, Toya? <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. There we go. There yes, we go. indeed. Yes, indeed. Show the suit. And um, yeah, shout out. Oh, Spook who sat by the door. If you didn't tap into it, tap into it. Rest in peace, Nippy Hustle. For oh, yeah. Also, it's on YouTube, too, if you want to watch a visual. Definitely on, on, on To YouTube. understand. Yeah. So, yeah, man. This is Ego Asad. I'm Trail, your local baby daddy. This is Mel. <laughs> hey, y'all be blessed, man. Let's stress. And I'm Naya. And we out.